If you're a new listener and this is the first episode you're hearing, I want to take a moment to say that trauma is involved. This podcast is a way to share my story, and my story is traumatic. By listening, you are consenting to hearing me overshare. If you don't consent to that, please stop listening. My name's Sam, and I built a brand centered around encouraging people to be themselves. The only problem is, I lost myself in the process. So I decided to leave my business and live in my car in an effort to find myself and overcome my struggles with mental illness, addiction, and self-worth. Join me as I take you through the dramatic changes I frequently initiate in my life as documented through voice memos. This is Steadfast 180. On this episode, to love myself, attachment theory, codependency, and trauma dumping in relationships. So in the last episode, I said that this episode would be about the ways we inadvertently invalidate ourselves, what it means to be alone, and how to trust our intuition. But I found that when I recorded that episode, it was like I was giving advice. And before I give advice, I want you to understand how I came to some of that wisdom. So you can look at this episode and the next as sort of a two-parter. This episode is more of a background story, which exposes some problems, and the next episode is more of an explanation giving solutions that can be applied in your life whether you face these problems or not you have commitment issues why i don't know you tell me why you have commitment issues in everything relationships friendships uh business projects regular projects jobs you just have commitment issues i'm scared of success you're scared of success you're scared of of i think i can't be happy yeah, you're, you're scared of being domesticated as well. You're scared of... Yeah, I don't want to be in a box. I've been told I have commitment issues countless times. I have been told nothing's good enough for me by several people. I have been running away physically since I was a child and emotionally distancing myself into adulthood. But until attachment theory, I never understood why. Attachment theory is the idea that our attachment styles in adult relationships are established in childhood. Now, since a lot of time passes from childhood into adulthood, it's not just parental guidance or lack of that affects how you behave in relationships today. Intervening experiences also play a role. Still, our early relationship to our caregivers play a long-lasting, impactful role. After much research, studies have shown that there are four major attachment styles, secure, anxious, avoidant, and disorganized. Secure attachment means the relationship between child and caregiver was one of love and warmth. The children grow up to have healthy relationships and are more capable of building long-term relationships without fear of abandonment. Anxious attachment is when children who felt neglected by their parents grow into adults who feel neglected by their partners. They typically are emotionally dependent and constantly seeking approval while distrusting of their partners. Avoidant attachment is when adults feel their unmet emotional needs as a child will continue throughout their lives. They tend to avoid intimacy in relationships or relationships altogether. Disorganized attachment is a combination of anxious and avoidant attachment that usually appears as outward rage. They have difficult relationships as they have difficulty controlling their emotions and may behave in volatile ways. Man, I love my mom. We do not have the best relationship. I am probably scared of her, honestly. 
I'm not scared of her. Like, I'm definitely not scared of her, but I think emotionally I'm scared of her. I think I'm scared that... I think I'm scared to get close to her because I think that... I am afraid she will reject me. Because I think I felt rejected for a very long time. Can you guess which attachment style I fall under? While I can't know for sure, an online quiz predicted that I fit under avoidant attachment. And since learning this, everything has clicked. Although I can be dependent on partners at times, like with anxious attachment, for the most part, I run at the sight of a healthy love. I find I do this by either emotionally distancing myself by creating problems or by physically distancing myself by doing things like driving halfway across the country. Those who fall under the avoidant attachment style grow up feeling unloved and rejected. I'll speak for myself when I say that because I felt so often rejected as a child, I now have a hard time accepting love. I don't feel better when I tell people things that they ask about me, even though they're honest. I do not feel better. I don't feel like, oh, I'm glad I got that off my chest. I feel like ashamed. I feel like this is not helping. This is not healing. I am uncomfortable. I told this person some of my deepest, darkest secrets, or I told this person something that I still to this day do not like. Are they going to look at me differently? I think all these things, I started thinking, man, they don't like me anymore. They don't want to hang out with me. And they'll be there like, I love you. Let's hang out. And I'm like, ah, they don't mean that. And so I pushed them away all because I opened up. And that's so sad. That is so sad. I'm pushing away people who accept me for who I am because I'm afraid that they don't. They're telling me, we do, we do. I'm like, but do you, do you? Because I've always been told that I have to do this and I have to do that and I have to do the other from society and family and yada yada, the list goes on. I have to do all these things to be successful um, and to be not just successful, but accepted. You know, to be loved, I have to fit in. And, honey, <laughs> I am all the way out. I laugh just to fill the air. What's so funny? Nothing. Haha. <laughs> that is me. I learned at an early age that I could never be loved for who I actually am. While that may not be true, it's what was ingrained in me through interactions I experienced with parents, teachers, my sisters, and really anyone who took care of me. I remember the first time I felt accepted at house church, years later at 23. House church is where the pastor invites the church to his house and they serve food and sing songs before beginning an intimate Bible study-like service. I remember looking up at the sky to see tree branches blowing in the wind as the sun fell slowly towards the freshly watered grass. You could hear the kids running around the picket-fenced backyard up into a treehouse while a man gently strummed his guitar. It was all so lovely, and people were so kind to me. I remember feeling so confused to be welcomed and loved and accepted without judgment that I left abruptly to sob profusely on the drive home. 
At the time, I didn't understand why I was crying. I questioned myself in frustration with something that's come up in many of my recordings. I don't know why I can't just let good things be good. Well, it's not because I hate myself like I originally thought. It's because I'm trying to keep myself from harm. To protect myself, I refused to trust that people could love me. And anytime it felt like there was potential for someone to start, I did something in an effort to stop them. Every time I do something, it's to try to protect myself, right? I think we need to start looking at the things that we do um, in a way where we ask ourselves, is this me trying to protect myself? And then take it a step further after we answer, if our answer is yes, um, is this a healthy way of trying to protect myself? Because I, I did this again once I started catching feelings for somebody in Portland. Um, I told myself, and you know, I've already done this before where I told myself, I'm not gonna be in a relationship, I'm gonna be alone. I did it again. I said, I don't want to be in a relationship. And truthfully, I did not, right? It hurts, wasn't over my ex um, at the time that I was saying that. I there was just you know I was there were so many uh, reasons excuse me as to why that just seemed like a bad idea um my issues with codependency um all of that Codependency is a circular relationship in where one person needs the other person who, in turn, needs to be needed. The codependent person, known as the giver, feels worthless unless they are needed by and making sacrifices for the enabler, otherwise known as the taker. Codependents like to feel needed, so they take on a caretaker-rescuer role, which leads them to lose their independence. If I had to guess, I would assume that in my marriage, I was the codependent one. I took up all of my husband's hobbies, walked on eggshells around him, and made excuses for his bad behaviors, all in an effort to please him. I sacrificed my own needs to be enough for him, thinking I could save him because I so desperately needed him to need me. With my most recent ex, however, instead of being the one needing to be needed, I was the one in need. What I needed was to be sustained and supported throughout my dysfunction. I didn't know it until I started putting this episode together, but I felt some sort of anger for loving him because of the power it held over me. Every time he showed me he cared, I felt like I enjoyed it too much and would push him away in response. I rejected his love and took the necessary steps to prevent him from accepting me because I knew that the more I allowed him to accept me, the more he could disappoint me. The way people you're close to do. It was almost as if I needed to prove to myself that I was unlovable because receiving true love felt too unfamiliar to be true and only ever ended in disappointment. This is only as true as I make it, but try telling me that then. 
I had feelings for my last last boyfriend <clears throat> Renee for for months before I finally opened up and when I finally opened up I was drunk I was shit-faced the only way that I felt like I could say I really like you <laughs> even though we had been telling each other that we loved each other because we did as friends um the only way was by me being messed up. You know, the whole start of the relationship was toxic, not by anybody's doing, but mine. Before we even began dating, Renee took on the rescuer role, tending to my trauma-fueled, alcoholic self. He gave a part of himself up for me, which I took over and over again. Once we were in a relationship, our identities became lost in our codependent roles, giver and taker. Givers tend to be empathetic, forgiving, competent, and altruistic. Takers are sometimes selfish and manipulative, irresponsible, and entitled, though some are just troubled, addicted, or lacking in life skills. In the next episode, I explain how we do so many things that we don't want to do that hurt us. I don't want to just take and take and have all of those toxic traits. It hurts me to know that I hurt people. I didn't only avoid relationships because I avoided love. I was also avoiding myself. I told him I wasn't ready for a relationship, but that's not on him because I'm the one who still decided to get in one. And I guess it's because I really did like the thought and the idea of what it is that we could be. But... I think I definitely needed to work on myself more before allowing that to happen. One reason I didn't want to be with Renee was to try to keep the same thing from happening the way it happened with David. In between my husband Josh and my most recent ex, Renee, was David. As ashamed as I am to admit it, I stayed with David primarily out of convenience. Despite telling him that I didn't want a relationship from the very start, he persisted and we were in an exclusive partnership. I avoided any responsibility of leading him on by saying that I never wanted a relationship. But actions speak louder than words, and my actions with David screamed relationship, like jumping into one with Renee and starting to do the same thing with another. I don't want the same thing to happen with me and this guy that like happened with you and me, where it's like, well, it's comfortable, and like, I'm it's telling convenient. this guy. I don't want a relationship, right? But he's just like mm -hmm. seeing it as something more and I don't want to like make it into something more because like that's like toxic of me. Like I'm sorry I did that to you, David, but like like it's also my responsibility to like not put myself in these situations and then be like, "Oh, I don't know what you're talking about." So I'm leaving kind of because of this guy because I'm scared that if I stay, I'm just going to like mooch off of him and I'm just going to not do I'm going to kind of be like how I was with Renee where with Renee, 
like I stopped kind of caring about my business like I stopped doing the things that I enjoyed and everything became harder and it was because I just kind of hung out with him and did nothing all day like all we did was focus on each other if it's meant to be a relationship then like sometime after like I'm in Texas and whatever yeah like maybe then it means something more but I don't know man and so that's why I'm just like I, I mean, need to get the fuck away so I can figure it out and not just are you stay him false here. Hope? Like, are you, does he like... I tell him all the time. No, everything I'm telling you, I told him. And I wasn't lying. I told Brendan everything. I'm leaving for a lot of reasons. But like, I, the biggest one's probably you. Okay, that's a surprise to me. Yeah, cause I really like you. And I don't know if it's like for the right reasons or I don't know. I don't know, but it's moving really fast and I've been in these situations before and I fuck them up and like it makes my life harder and it just prolongs like things that I want to do in my life and every single time mm -hmm. like I just I, I, I have I have not really been single since I started dating at like 13 and I'm 25 mm -hmm. now I've spent half my life in relationships and I just I, I just want to figure my stuff out <clears throat> I feel it <sighs> it's okay <laughs> I like you, Brendan. I know. And I feel like if I leave and we're still a thing after, then that's like meaningful to me and that means something and I can, I can, I can be okay. But if I stayed here, it just wouldn't work. And it is moving really fast. Almost too fast for comfort. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry about that if I... If I always know. move so fast. I think it was a little bit of both of us, mm -hmm. same here. We kind of like, went like light speed almost. <laughs> I just want to know like, that it is not for any wrong reason. It's not wrong. What we did wasn't wrong. Okay. It felt right the whole time to me. Yeah. Up until the moment you said you were leaving. And I'm struggling to understand if that's right or not. I decided to drive back to my home in Texas, couch surfing between states to maintain a healthy distance from my almost relationship. With each passing day, we may have been further away from each other, but our bond drew us closer. Are you driving? I am. Okay, cool. Wow, this is like really romantic. Okay. Throughout the trip, we kept in touch and I realized something. Man, I really like this guy. 
I just like so much about him. Brendan proved to be what I really wanted. Like, I wanted communication in a relationship, and I wasn't getting it. I wanted somebody that I could travel with, and here he is. I I wanted to be with somebody who can understand my my depression, my addiction, and and want better for for me and know how to to do that and he does and I needed s- someone to be as sweet and soft and kind and gentle god Brendan just it encapsulates everything I want I guess I wanted to be sure that I encapsulated who I wanted to be too I felt that I should be a better person than I was before, before getting into another relationship. So I told him this, and he said, If you loved yourself, wouldn't you give yourself a relationship with someone you enjoy? There was a point tonight when Brendan and I were talking where I, he said something and it kind of like I had an epiphany, it all clicked. I don't know what way he said it. I don't know what he said, but it made me think about how my therapist had mentioned, like, why are you, in a way, he didn't ask, like, why I was trying to leave the relationship, but at a certain point, I said, you know, I'm doing what I always do, like, I don't, I don't want to do what I always do, excuse me, which is, like, be codependent in a relationship, and he said, what do you think a person who thinks they're dangerous for people or not good for people does? Probably self-loathes and does a whole bunch of not great things to continue the cycle of self-loathing. I could imagine that if a person believed that they were a danger to others because of the way that they acted and believed that they had no ability to control themselves, that they may do things like drive across country or not want to be around people or not want to be in relationships with people. Yeah. Because they would end up hurting them or they believe they would end up hurting them. You know, pretty much saying that like, there's a good thing in front of you and you're leaving. When I talked to my mom and I told my mom about Brendan, she was like, he sounds great. <laughs> you know, if he's being forward with you, like, I want that for you. Like, I'm glad that you recognize that you should take it slow, but you shouldn't totally discount or discredit it. And it's like this whole time I've been trying <sighs> like this whole time I've been telling myself like, I just need to be alone, I need to be away from people, and I do think there is something to be said about spending time alone. But just like Brandon said, would you rather spend time alone and and learn that? Or would you rather have both, you know, learning to spend time alone together and also being with somebody you care about? He said, I'd rather have both. And just, you know, he said the whole thing about, I just don't understand why you would leave if 
I loved myself, if I truly loved myself, I would give something good to myself, that good thing being me, you know? And, like, I can't argue with that, and Drake was like, yeah, that does make sense, and I value Drake's opinion, and so I'm just here in this situation where it just all clicked, and it all came full circle, and it all just came together, like, to stop being scared and that this is a good thing and like like there's no way this could be a bad thing <laughs> like as much as I try to make it seem like being in a relationship is a bad thing it's just not it's just not It's as if the universe handed me everything I asked for and I thought it was too good to be true. How can I say I love myself if I'm actively avoiding something good for me? I have never been able to see a future more clearly than the one that's possible with Brendan. I've never had someone so communicative and so romantic. We all deserve love and we deserve to accept that people can love us. Since giving into this idea, Brendan has helped me realize so much, including the root cause of codependency in my most recent relationships. It sounds like stuff you should talk to your therapist about. Have you ever been told that you need therapy? If you have, it's likely because you were trauma dumping. While it's okay to vent sometimes, trauma dumping is when venting becomes extreme, turning into intense oversharing towards an unsuspecting party. Trauma dumping is done in an unsolicited way, making it one-sided as it doesn't respect the consent of the listener. It can leave both parties feeling helpless, as it's not easy to tell someone they've disrespected you by sharing something so personal. Through productive conversations with Brendan, I realized that trauma dumping was a key reason I became the taker of a codependent relationship. By trauma dumping, I provoked my partners into a caretaker role, practically forcing them to baby me, something that was beginning to happen with Brendan. Thankfully, we were able to acknowledge it, something that hadn't been done before. The problems I have with attachment and codependency, I realized I cannot solve by being alone. The answer is to fight these obstacles head-on instead of running away from them. Instead of running away from love. It almost felt like you. You're the reason I moved to Portland. And that's a lot of pressure to put on somebody, right? <laughs> like, that's a lot. Like, that's kind of crazy sounding. Like, no, Sam, the reason you moved to Portland is because you have issues and you need to fix them. And so you came here to better yourself. But what if, what if one of my issues was this codependency, was this refusal to truly accept and give in return love the way you're supposed to, right? <sighs> Because in my last relationship, I did not, goodness, I did not give love the way that I should have. I withheld um, because I was afraid. I remember Renee and others saying that I was too sad for them. Looking back, it's not that I was too sad. It's that my response to my sadness, which was to trauma dump, was too emotionally draining for them. And because of the corner I backed them into with my drunken hostility, it was difficult for us to communicate. 
since we couldn't communicate, we couldn't uncover the issue. Now that alcohol has been removed from the equation, my hostility has gone with it, and communication with Brynden has been nothing but productive. A listener once asked me if treating new partners poorly the way I was treated in past relationships was a part of my bipolar disorder, and I would say no. While mental illness may make difficult emotions more severe, it cannot be blamed for how we choose to treat people. I may be depressed more often, but it's still my responsibility to process those emotions and control how I respond. Of course, it does make emotions harder to climb out of, similar to how it's harder for someone on crutches to climb to the top of the stairs. I was drawn to Portland to climb out of my struggles with depression and alcoholism. I was drawn to Brendan to climb out of my relationship issues. Intuitively, I know this. By being better than I was before, I can love myself and begin to forgive myself. I don't know what my life will look like in a year, but I know that it will be better than it's ever been before. If you learned something today, let me know. The number one way to support is by donating using the links in the show notes, unless you're broke like me, in which case sharing helps just as much. For full recordings, early access, and additional content from this episode and others, join my Patreon. Thanks for listening. Love you.